you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to another edition of Tapeheads. Bob Oshusen, longtime radio voice of the New York Jets and a college football voice on ESPN. Dan Orlovsky, of course, you see him not only with me on college football games on ESPN, but of course across all of our NFL coverage, always the touchscreen. And Scott Pioli, longtime NFL general manager. Guys, we have reached the playoffs. It is wild card week. We're going to talk about some matchups coming up, but there was major drama this past weekend with some of the games that led us to the matchups. That we'll see this coming Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. we got a Monday night wildcard game to talk about later this week. So a lot of fun. You'll have three days of wall-to-wall playoff football. But there was probably no higher drama game than Raiders-Chargers. I mean, who with the Steelers being woven into this intrigue, who knew how this was going to play out? Well, ultimately, it played out with the Raiders pulling off an extremely dramatic win and here's what Derek Carr had to say after it was over about all they've been through this season. You know, I was talking to Mr. Davis um, in the locker room, and uh, one of the things we were talking about was, like, I don't think any team has been through what we've been through in 10 years, let alone one year, you know. And um, so there's so much emotion uh, <laughs> with, uh, you'll pick a, pick a story, you know. Um, you know. There's so much emotion with, with everything that we've done. And my brother said it best. He said, this team was forged in the fire, and I kind of like that, you know. Uh, we went through some stuff, some refining, some uh, some hard times. Um, we locked the doors every day on Monday, and the people that were inside that building didn't stop believing, and it's, it showed today. Um, we made it to the playoffs. It's awesome. Um, it's, probably, it's probably the coolest accomplishment I think I've ever had in my life, uh, football-wise. To see where we were at, everything we went through, and to still make it, no record, no thing. This was the coolest thing, to see this team come together and be able to still decide that this is what we wanted to do, and um, it, it's it's a cool feeling, that's for sure. Well, there's an amazing, as we said, amount of storylines coming out of that uh, locker room for the Raiders. And look, I mean, the Henry Ruggs tragedy, and it is a tragedy. A woman lost her life. 
Um, at the same time, you know, our lane is football. So you think about how that must have impacted this football team, losing their coach in a scandal at the start of the season, and they get through all of that and are now going to the playoffs. And, you know, Scott, I might screw this up. You, you probably know the quote better than me, but I think Bill Walsh was the one who said, in order to win in the playoffs, you need multiple things. But you need a quarterback, and you need a fourth-quarter pass rush. Hmm. And it looks to me like this is a Raider team that, as we head towards the playoffs, might have both of those things. I think Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. Their pass rush was tremendous in that game. I mean, what, what was going through your mind as you were watching the Raiders and how they pulled this off against the Chargers? I love this game for so many reasons. Again, being a former general manager and front office guy, I loved it for, you know, you just touched on it, Bob. The other reasons, we are football, but in order to get to football and maintain and sustain football, there's all this other stuff that happens in your locker room, that happens around your office. And what what happened with the Raiders this year and, and what they endured with John Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, uh, a, a, again, two awful, awful situations for different reasons. But then there were other issues. Yet you saw this team continue week to week. And it, it was a combination of things, in my opinion. It, it you know started with Rich Basaccia, the, the job that he did. And I've known Rich forever. I knew him when back when uh, he, he's a Yonkers, New York slash Connecticut area guy. And he had a little new, I, I want to say it was New Fairfield is where he went to high school. Um, but anyway, yeah, but Rich was a, an assistant coach at Wayne State in Nebraska. And when I met him in the mid-80s and we were working this football camp together up at Fairfield University, he is the same guy today that he was back then. And, and what I say, he's smarter and more experienced, but the same person in terms of his intelligence, his passion, yet his even-keeled personality and ability to let people talk and listen and process information is the same. And he did an amazing job this year. We're talking about the first time that an interim head coach has ever in, in, in ever in NFL history taken a team to the playoffs. Pretty remarkable. Then I look at the other backstory, the locker room leadership, the players, guys who, you know, Bob, you mentioned Max Crosby, who had an unbelievable day, unbelievable, unbelievable. fourth quarter. I mean, he was relentless. But here's a guy who has overcome so much in his personal life and had a culture and a locker room that wasn't perfect, but it was sure good enough and strong enough where he could fix his issues on the fly. You have a locker room where another player came out as gay. There's this culture there. And I really believe that one of the primary folks responsible for that is Mike Mayock, who doesn't get enough credit. Mike Mayock, and again, I've known Mike for a long, long time, and I understand there's some people that like him. There's a lot of people that don't like him. And to those folks, um, they don't really know Mike Mayock. And I know what a good man he is. I know how well-intentioned he is. I know how he believes in the right things. Um, and they built a culture. And to me, that's what gave this team the resiliency. Then going to this game, as you mentioned, Derek Carr showed up when he had to show up. His numbers don't look great. And people always want to talk about numbers, but he made plays when he had to make plays. He was under duress in that game himself. And again, I, I'm happy for him again, because of the person that Derek is. And he's not a great quarterback. He's like many other quarterbacks. There's ups, there's downs. But he did enough to help win the game. Yeah, I think the best way for me to describe Derek Carr this season is clutch. You know, and I think that we're not applauding and praising Derek Carr enough, both on the field for, again, the clutch plays. If you go back in time now with the Browns game, 
clutch. Steelers game, clutch. This past weekend, clutch. Late game plays. And then the -the off-the-field leadership that he's displayed, kind of standing on his own in many ways. Now, I think much of that is faith-driven, but there's a great leadership lesson applied to it as well. Um, I think what the, the, the Raiders did in this game was really good. It's, it's so the Raiders are in some way fascinating to me because, you know, I remember coming up in the NFL when I was younger, uh, 2005, 2006, 2007 world. I was a young quarterback. I drafted in 05 and that's when the era and you guys remember were like the Tampa two defense really yeah. became booming. Exactly. And it was funny because as a young player, the way I was brought up, I was, I would study tape maniacally. And we were playing, I was with the Lions, and we would play in the same division as a team like the Chicago Bears. And the Bears would run cover three or cover two every play. I mean, every play. And so I would sit there and watch tape and be like, we're going to gas this team. You know, (laughs) I know exactly where they're going to be. I know exactly what they're doing. I know where they're weak, all that stuff. And then you would play them, and you'd be like, what in the world is this? Because (laughs) it would happen so fast. And that rush would get there so quickly and you would be playing so hurried and you'd have all these eyes on you watching what you were doing with the football. And then, you know, the defense is tied to your eyes. I used to always hear the saying, there's a string connected to your eyes and then the defensive players. And those guys would just follow your eyes. And that's what it feels like when I watch the Raiders. I mean, they nine and a half out of 10 snaps play four man rush cover three. And when I cut on their tape, I'm like, how are teams not just gashing this more? And it is because the that four-man rush, even some of those inside players like Phylon have become really impactful. And they do such a good job with their coverage. You know, it's funny because in football we say, there's the saying, well, the rush impacts the coverage. I actually think it's reversed for the Raiders. I think their coverage impacts their rush. You know, because of that zone defense and because of those guys playing top down and forcing you to take some of those underneath throws that aren't easy, that rush has just a little bit more time to get home. And I think that's one of the most impressive things of their team. And I'd have to give praise to two players on offense outside of Derek, obviously. I think Hunter Renfro has become one of the top 15 receivers in the NFL. I mean, he just gets open. His two touchdown catches... If that was Devontae Adams, the whole NFL world would be erupting with the ability to route run. Just the route running that he puts on is so good. And then Zay Jones, you guys mentioned Henry Ruggs and the tragedy, Bob, that you talked about. Zay Jones, and this is another Mike Mayock kind of tip of the cap, has really stepped up and become that number two wide receiver option for this offense. And I think his ability to push defenses vertically has really helped their offense. They're, they're, a, they're an impressive football organization, I guess, yeah. is the best way for me to describe it. That's a great way to put it. And Bob, I just want to jump in one other thing. You know, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. And, you know, I love what you said, Dan. And one of the things I learned in the NFL pretty quickly was there's a lot of people want to talk about speed. A lot of people want to talk about different, you know, in terms of when it comes to receivers. What I learned quickly from some pretty smart people that I was around, they taught me about receivers getting open. And different receivers get open in different ways. Some use size, some use speed, some use quickness. It's the ability to get an instant of separation somehow within the route so the quarterback can get the ball on them. Then it's also up to the quarterback to understand yeah. each one of his receivers and what their skill set is and how they get open. 
And you, you know, you look at Hunter Renfro and I see some of the stuff he's did. He's quicker than he is fast, right? Because not every fast player is quick and not every quick player is fast. And you have to mm, use like players that. for, you know, for what their skill set is. And Hunter Renfro really does a good job of that. He's dependable. Again, very similar to Troy Brown uh, up in you know, uh, when I was with the Patriots, Wayne Krebet, when I was with the Jets, again, guys who find a way to get open to use their their ability to separate for an instant, whatever that skill set is. A couple of other quick thoughts, two things. The fact that they played this game, that they played it, that this ridiculous notion that even if it was close at the end, that they were going to take a knee and both go to the playoffs and play for a time. Like iron sharpens iron. Play the game. First of all, if I'm the Raiders or the Chargers, I think that my opponent in that game is a better team than the Steelers. I would rather have the Steelers in the tournament than the opponent in that game because I think that weakens the field because I think the Steelers are by far, of all of the teams of the postseason, I think they're the weakest team that made the postseason. So I like the idea of getting the better team out. But, I mean, Scott, all the years you were in New England, and I guess I'm living this in a jet world, which, of course, is just a recurring nightmare. Um, Like, did you ever sit your guys? Like, did you ever get to the end of the season, last game of the season, say, you know what, everybody sits, and we're just going to forfeit this game? We're going to even, you know, if the game has a mild amount of meaning, we think if we just bench everybody and play for, a, you know, even if we're going on the road in a wild card spot, we're better off. Yeah, I think that, that, no, Bob, I think there were times where we may have gotten guys out of the game a little bit early. It's just like the, it's the same mentality, the number of starters, offensive and defensive starters while in New England that we played on special teams. I mean, Ty Law played on special teams. Mike Vrabel right. played on special teams. It's this mentality. And I think if um, you, you need to find this balance, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I love the concept of all gas and no brakes, but I also think that there needs to be intelligence mixed in there. You can be all gas, no brakes, and you don't need to be all gas, no brakes, no brains, right? There is an element of thoughtfulness and good decision-making that comes into it. And and I think uh, that whole idea that anyone was thinking about kneeling or going for the tie, I, I think that was people outside of uh, the coaching office, the, the locker room, because to me, if you have that mentality, there's a flaw in your competitive nature. If you have a flaw in your competitive nature or a weakness in your competitive nature, um, you're you're probably in the wrong business. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong this weekend, but I would r- much rather go into the playoffs feeling the way like the Cowboys and the Raiders feel, the way that they just played and the numbers they just put up and the way the Raiders won, than being a team that sat all their guys, got drilled, and are now coming into the postseason off of a lopsided loss, even if it was their backups in the game. But, Dan, I think just quickly, got a couple of minutes left in this segment, spin it to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, Justin Herbert had some moments in this game, again, where Justin yes, Herbert is yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. Like, his his ability level is otherworldly. Having said that, though, the fact that they came up short. Yeah, it's disappointing. I think that Brandon Staley is has an incredibly bright future as a head coach. I think he's probably got to learn aggression versus um, recklessness. I think that fourth and one backed up was a little reckless, and I know they've done it a ton, and we've seen other teams do it. Um, you don't have a dominant offensive line. They've been – the Raiders have a pretty good one, and you run the ball right at them. You know, if he had gone shotgun quarterback run option, I would have been a little bit more okay with that. So just learning on that – I like aggression. I've, I've, it's not always going to work out, so I like it, but learning – 
I guess, you know, where to pick your moments is probably a good thing for them this offseason. Um, thanks. Um, <laughs> I think that they got to fix the right side of their offensive line. You know, I, I think that while their offense, you know, Slater's amazing, but the right side of their offensive line's got to get better. Um, I think the interior of their defense has got to get stronger, both at the linebacker level and their interior. De- I mean, there's there's a reason why they have the worst run defense in football this year. So you're not going to win much with the ability to not stop the run. You yeah. know, so, you know, everyone talked about that timeout. You know, it's the timeout was poor, uh, was which was poorer was the inability to stop the run in that moment as well. So really good future, really bright future for that organization because of the quarterback and, and I believe in the head coach. But I think they've got some pieces to add. And to, to hey, echo hey, Scott, you're, you're really good at this, Dan. I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, he's he, Thanks, Bob. You're the best. Do this for a living. <laughs> you know, no, I think it's a great point to bring up about Staley too because, you know, he's a young coach cut him some slack. We immediately get to this place where we attack young coaches. And again, did I like the call? Did I agree with it? No, I didn't. And hopefully he's smart enough to learn from it. Or yeah. and maybe that's not saying it the right way because I don't mean to say it like he's not smart. Hopefully that experience will teach him that there may be a, make a di- different decision in the future. And, you know, I, I was with Bill during his first, uh, you know, his first go around in the Cleveland Browns. Not everything he did was perfect. You know, a lot of young coaches make mistakes, do things, give people a chance to learn from their mistakes. And, you know, with Herbert, I can't wait to watch this kid more in the future. I mean, some of those throws he makes uh, during that game, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, we've got a lot more to do here on Tape Eds. When we come back, you know, Vince Cates, one of our producers, writes our teases. And sometimes I change them a little bit. I'm going to change this one slightly because his tease is it might have been the biggest disappointment of the entire season. I'm changing it. It was the biggest disappointment of the entire season. When we come back. I don't like you. We're going to lay Dan Orlovsky down on the therapist couch and see if we can get him through this. This is a tough time for him. Find out what we're talking about next on Tape Eds. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back on Tape Heads, or at least this segment for Bob and Scott Pioli, and Dan Orlovsky, a little Dan Orlovsky therapy session, because it could not have been easy for Dan to watch the Colts-Jaguars game this past weekend. It was not easy to watch Carson Wentz perform in that game. Here's what he had to say after it was over. Yeah, it uh, sucks, honestly. Um, you know, walking off kind of in disbelief. It's hard to fully reflect on everything. Uh, right now it all happened so fast. But just even thinking back just to where we came from, dug ourselves out of a hole, you know, we're in control of our destiny. And then the last two weeks uh, just didn't just didn't get it done. And it, it hurts right now. A lot of uh, reflection to come over the next handful of days, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's a it's not a good feeling right now. All right. Well, Dan, look, I don't really know how to put into perspective a game where you are on the road against arguably the worst team in the league. You're in a win-and-you're-in situation, and at the end of the game, your QBR is 4.4. Um, I, I almost feel like I, sometimes I get caught in the Sam Darnold whirlpool as well. Like maybe you and me and Carson and Sam all need to get together and go bowling and have a like a heart-to-heart together bowling. because like we're, you know. We, I'm an I, awful we, bowler. We've seen it. Right, like the we've shoes seen, are nice. <laughs> we've seen Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold do on a football field what big-time franchise quarterbacks are supposed to be able to do. And yet in this moment, when you were watching this game, what happened? Um, all right, so I think that, yes, the strong statement is this loss falls at the feet of Carson Wentz. It does. Um, but you are not a playoff-caliber football team that has beaten the likes of you know, New England, Arizona, and Buffalo in the last month and go down and play a two-win team and have anybody play well. Everybody on that football team played poorly. Everyone. Their offensive line gave up seven sacks. Jonathan Taylor had 70-something rushing yards. Their receivers had, I counted, they had four plays where I thought a receiver won. Four. Um, Their defensive line got absolutely no pressure and they couldn't cover. It was weird because it was almost... Each side did something differently. You know, when we say sometimes like this team played cautious or this team played scared, I felt defensively they played cautious. They never got aggressive. They just sat back and it almost seemed like they were, oh, it, we'll be okay. We're going to be okay. You know, and, and I don't know if the injuries at corner kind of, but they never decided to go after the Jaguars offense. And then on offense, it had the same type of feel. They never got aggressive in their run game, it felt like. They never, they never said that it was always like, well, it'll click. You know, Jonathan's going to bust a big run. That's what I felt like. And, and um, it was disappointing to watch. Now, that being said, in relation to Carson Wentz, the reason I say that the last, it's fair to say the loss falls at his feet was it's the perfect example of that phrase that, I kind of like to say when it comes to quarterbacks, win with or win because. The Colts won a ton of games with Carson Wentz this year. This was a game they needed to win because of Carson Wentz. All those other pieces didn't play well. I need you, quarterback. I traded a one for you for this kind of game. I know it's not easy, and I know it's not fair. That's life in the NFL as a starting quarterback with those expectations, you know? And I was disappointed. And the thing that, you know, I think I became blind to, I don't want to say blind to, like, 
I didn't say that I believed in Carson Wentz just to get a rah-rah, you know, rise out of people. Like, I honestly did. I honestly believed that he, he was th- in that place. He was going to put it all together and become great again. I think he was good this season. I think he was okay in this game. But the thing that is different than, I guess, you know, my favorite quality, you guys have heard me say this about quarterbacks, my favorite quality, and I think it's the most important quality in quarterbacks, physical or mental, is the ability to not panic with the football. And... That's what separates Tom for a long time. What separates a young superstar like Joe Burrow right now? Carson, I don't know if, I, if he has that. I don't, I don't think he has that. The ability to not panic with the football. Can that and be learned? Like, can, can I think you, it's difficult, man. Yeah, like I mean, really how, how deep into your career do we need to see that before we start to say it could still happen or it's yeah. just not going to happen for this player? Yeah, I think, I think we're at a point where a guy who's played for as many – plays and as many snaps as he has um the thing that's tough about it bob in my opinion is like that sometimes leads to splash plays it does sometimes it leads to incredibly remarkable plays and then sometimes it leads to backbreakers and i think we saw examples of that this season certainly on sunday so um obviously an incredibly disappointing game uh for the for the colts as an organization yeah and the tough one as I watch it too, because even though we're not supposed to, and even though I, I worked in the league, you know, you end up rooting for people and people that do things the right way. And and Frank Reich and Chris Ballard and 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 honestly Carson Wentz, they're just good people that you want to see their behavior, the, their approach be rewarded. And you know, you, you go into a game like this, and it's a game where you know Carson Wentz gets hit. I don't know, 10, 11 times. He's sacked six times, I think, he was under a lot of duress. And that does affect him. It affects every quarterback. And for everybody sitting at home that says, well, he can't handle pressure, he can't handle the hits. Well, Again, I always go back to, you know, I didn't play the position, but I was was always close enough to football to see what happens to people in that position when they get hit. Dan, you lived it. And if it doesn't mess with your mindset, your thinking, then there's something wrong with you and you're not human. It's whether or not you can continue to do it. And, you know, I know, Dan, we've been slightly, you know, slightly different on Carson. I've always wanted Carson to be better and more than he is. Again, I've seen him as an above average quarterback that has had good games at times. And in my heart, I've wanted to see him prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. again, because of who he is and the way he approaches the game, because he's such a good ambassador for the sport, he's the kind of player in person that you want to see young football players Mm -hmm. emulate. And um, when when you strip that away and you put on your general manager hat and you're saying, listen, we've got to be business here, um, I I still see him as as a, a quarterback that is above average and at times had good has good games i don't ever i he has more good games than awful games and in in totality i just don't know if he's going to be a guy that that can he may have an opportunity to win a championship i don't know if he can can i don't think he can consistently win champions now that being said Dan, as you mentioned, and Bob, you mentioned there were enough other problems in the game. Again, when your quarterback's hit 10 times and he's sacked six times and you've got, you know, allegedly the best running back in the game and one of the best offensive lines in the game, and you go down to play a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars who have nothing to play for and you go lay an egg, 
it's completely, totally, absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, it, it was amazing to watch. And really, like some of the performances the Colts have had, certainly second half of the season, like they went to Buffalo and ran for 270 yeah. yards against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Their losses, for the mo- most part this season, were to playoff teams. Right, they lost to the Raiders. They yeah. lost twice to Tennessee. That's a one seed. Um, so they had nothing in the entire schedule leading up to Sunday that would suggest that they would go out there and perform like that. And, Scott, I think to take it a step further, I'm just curious. If you're leading up that day after or two days after meeting, the postmortem, and now we're going to get together and we're going to have our come to Jesus as an organization – how hard is it to sit at the head of that table with all your guys there and say, guys, we might have to admit like what we are and what Carson Wentz is. And now what do we do? Where do we go as an organization in the future if Carson Wentz is what you're saying? He's a decent quarterback. He's average, maybe slightly below, slightly above, somewhere in that range. But he's never going to be a player that we're going to go out there and believe we're going to win championships because of. Now what do we do? I, I've been in this situation, right? I, I've been in the best of situations, and I've been in this situation. And until you – here's what you have, you have to – it's tell the truth. Tell yourself the truth. Tell your people the truth. And understand that you've got to do something to improve that position. However, you can't make things up in your mind, just like you can't lie to yourself as to what level your quarterback is. But you can't just go out there and make stuff up either. You know, Dan Quinn used to have a saying, hey, don't go make stuff up. And, you know, I think that's a a big part of it, too. However, you you may have a plan. You create a plan, but you have to have opportunity that meets your plan. Just because you say, oh, we have to replace the quarterback. Great. You know, again, I remember Parcells would would say to, I uh, would sit in those meetings he would have with coaches and coaches would complain about players and this guy's not good enough. We got to get better here. Parcells would be great. Want to cut him? What's your solution? Right. You can't double down on the problem that you have. And again, we go back to this. We've talked about this a number of times this year. There's only a small number of elite quarterbacks in this league. And if you don't have an elite quarterback, right. you have to do the job. And there's been quarterbacks that have won that were not elite. And, and again, this is not a criticism of any of those players. Brad Johnson was not an elite quarterback, but he won a Super Bowl. He was good enough to win. Joe Flacco, I don't. I think Joe Flacco had flashes of of elite play and moments of. I wouldn't right. say. And we can go through this list and find this list. So what you need to do is build a superior team around it. Again, I go back to 2001. Tom Brady was not an elite quarterback in 2001. He did not perform elite. He was, again, if we talk about the reality, but what we had was we had a tremendous defense. We had an opportunistic defense. We had an opportunistic group of people on special teams that created plays and situations and circumstances. We had Antoine Smith who ran for I think 1,100 yards and in critical time of the year and in critical moments, he knocked people out. So not everyone is going to have an elite quarterback. You have to figure out a way to build a team until you get in a situation or a circumstance where you can get that guy. Scott, I was just going to ask you this. Is it for the teams that have the elite guys, congratulations, thumbs up, awesome. (laughs) There's five of, you know, what, five of them, you know, give or take one, you know, something like that. So you got six of them. And for the teams that have the good quarterbacks that I I, I think there's probably, a, a, you know, 10 really good quarterbacks in the league that, again, I think they become great if they got great play call or healthy, all that stuff, whatever. 
Um, I, I, is the question, do you guys ever sit there and go, okay, we got a good guy. What's like, I guess the risk analysis or the cost analysis to say, we want to go chase a great one. Like we got to go chase down, trying to find a great one and move on from the good or the really good that we win a lot of games with to go chase down a guy that we win a lot of games because of. Yeah. And you know, Dan, that's, that is the big question because yeah. if you give up too much capital, in order to land that good guy from somewhere else, then you can't build, you know, you can't build the team. And if someone's going to let a, let a great one, I don't know how many times someone have let, you know, teams have let a great one go, yeah. which means that you're going to have to fill your team around them. And mm. then you no longer have the capital, you know, mm. Bob, you, you, you'll understand this too. I go back to 1998. I was with the Jets. We had Vinny Testaverde. I yep. love Vinny. Vinny is one of my favorite players of all time and people. Vinny was not an elite quarterback. Everyone no. knows that. Vinny had tremendous seasons. That season, he was spectacular. But what we had that year was an incredible defense. We were smart. We ran the ball well. We, you know, we did a lot of high percentage throws. We had a good defense. We had an opportunistic special teams. We made plays when we had to make plays, but we had a very good team. I go back to 2010 when we were at the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Castle has a season where he throws for 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Matt Castle was not a great quarterback. No one ever said that. No one ever believed that. We were good enough, and we had a good defense that year. We had good leadership. We had good makeup in the locker room. And we won football games. And, you know, it. you have that window, you have that chance, but there has to be a lot of other things happening around you in order to win games. Yeah. Blake Spence blocked a punt. Ugh. Mile High Stadium, 1998. We were going to the Super Bowl. Yep. It was happening. Yep. And, uh, yeah, all right. Here, but here that AFC Championship well, game, seriously, that year, those were the two best teams at that point in time. And then the next year, Vinny Testaverde, opening game against the yep. Patriots, he tears his Achilles. Yep, and then you guys left and ruined my life. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. Uh, look, we have the wild card games that we're going to talk about later on in the week. So on our Thursday edition, when that drops, we are going to talk about all the matchups and the big matchups coming up next weekend. But while we still do kind of our postmortem from the end of the regular season, teams that we will not be talking about past today from the most disappointing game of the season to probably the most disappointing play of the season. You will want to hear what these guys have to say about that when we come back on Tape Eds. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back to Tapeheads. I'm not sure how we break the tape down of a quarterback sneak from like close to the five-yard line, but there is a play this past week for us to break the tape down of a quarterback sneak where there weren't really too many players on the quarterback sneak offense that were that close to the end zone, but Joe Judge, I guess, backed it up. Here's what he had to say after the Giants called that play this past Sunday. So we're backed up. We had a shot on the play action to get the ball out in the flat. Okay, we got to make the throw and hit the guy right there. Eli was open there. Would have been a good shot coming off the, you know, the goal line there to get us some yardage and get some space. And then ultimately, look, we're backed up. I want to get room. We're going to push it on forward. I wasn't going to live through what happened last last week in Chicago. So we're going to give ourselves room for the punt. We did that. We gave ourselves room for the punt. We protected it. We covered well. We played the field position situation I want to play. We held them on the next drive. And that's the way we want to go ahead and play that. Now, do we want to do that all the time we're backed up? No, but that was a situation of the day with where we were. And I want to make sure that, you know, the things that we had issues with last week in Chicago, that that was not going to repeat itself. He said ultimately we were backed up. I don't know. How, I, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback sneak called just trying to give yourself some real estate from the end zone, maybe past like inside the yard and a half or two yard line. But Dan, I know you had some pretty strong thoughts when you saw the Giants at the end of a season that is a foregone conclusion. I mean, what were they playing for? Call a quarterback sneak to then punt from you know, close to the five-yard line. Yeah, I just think it's really difficult to do that to your football team and justify the, the actions as a coach. Um, I think that in that situation, you are you don't have many guys that are on the field that have a ton of experience, and, and uh, certainly in that situation, there's a lot of plays you can call that are very safe. You can call draw. You can call just a simple run play. You can call perimeter screen. Um, you could just drop back and throw a go route to a receiver and say, let's see what happens. Because third and nine quarterback sneak is just sending a very clear message to your team that we aren't trying to put you guys in positions to play well or have the optimum success. And um, we're, we're playing not to make a mistake rather than to win. And I think it's difficult for a coach. I've spent my life in a locker room. My whole life I grew up in a locker room. I think it's very difficult for a coach to say one thing and do another thing. One of the reasons why I loved coaches like Gary Kubiak and Jim Caldwell, these guys never did something contrary to what they said. And they were the same person over and over, good or bad, win or loss. And I think when Joe Judge stands there and says, we are always going to play as hard as we can for 60 minutes. We're never going to disrespect the game, and we will play to the identity of this region. And you do that on the field, those two things don't align. 
And you guys who have spent the great majority of your life around this game, I think the number one thing that players can sniff out and turn them away is the feeling of phoniness. And that's what that feels like now is just this this, this phony um, – and I, I don't want to, like, go at Joe Judge here, but, like, this – it's hard for me as a player to sit there and believe all the things that you are going to say to me when I have visual eyewitness accounts of the contrary. I've got friends on that team that I've, act- I've, I've, I've asked them the question, um, what do you think of them? And I'll be honest with you, like I think the, everyone, at least the overwhelming of them, have had somewhat of a relatively positive response. Like nothing, no one came back and was like, this guy's a joke or whatever. You know, most of them, again, I think everyone came back and had something like a relative, like, ah, uh, you know what? He's, he's not as bad. Um, I just think this guy, I think it's really difficult to, as a player, when you, you as a coach ask and ask and ask and say and set a standard of this is how we are going to do things. I don't care if you're 12 or you're 32, and then you, the coach, don't have your actions follow that on a relatively consistent basis, I feel, over the last five weeks. I think that's when you just lose professionals. Like, you just lose them, so to speak. Professionals are, are, are different in a way, I feel that way. You know, and, that, and that's, I think it's difficult to, to kind of walk back into that locker room and, I don't want to say buy everything that he's selling, but unwaveringly trust in him that, he's going to do what's best for you and for the team. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, especially in football, right? Like this sport in particular, it is an army. The general at the head of that army needs to have the belief of that army behind him that we're being led the right way. I think the other pro sports, look, their coaching matters in every sport to varying degrees and probably makes differences to varying degrees. I think the head coach in football probably makes the biggest difference for a franchise moving forward. And we'll see how the Giants move forward. But that is it for the regular season because we say goodbye to 18 teams. We've got 14 that are moving on as we say hello to the postseason. When our next episode drops on Thursday, we're going to get to a super wild card weekend coming up. It does start this Saturday. Our next episode will drop on Thursday. Please rate, please subscribe, follow us on social media. We will be back on Thursday. We hope you join us. And thanks for being a tape pet. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.